<laughs> hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes that's right jsc exclusives you'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else for ten dollars or more per episode now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show you got a business you want me to talk about it i want you to sponsor my show for ten dollars hit me up send me the script i'm putting you over plus you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Oladipo, air ball. Westbrook across the top. Oladipo with the layup and one. And Russell Westbrook stands with one of the greatest in NBA history. He has secured the average of a triple-double for this season. Oscar Robertson, 55 years ago, the only man to average a triple-double in NBA history until tonight. What a fine way to do it to start this third quarter. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, hey now, how the hell are you doing? My name is Jay Scott Smith. And this is episode 37 of J.S.C. Radio. Hey now. I apologize for having been gone a couple weeks, but I am back at you once again. It's good to be here and welcome to the People's Podcast. Yes, this is J.S.C. Radio. Let me get some housekeeping out of the way real quick want to thank everybody who's shown love to this show on the Twitter feed. That's at J. Scott Smith. I am verified. Everybody also can follow me on Instagram at J. Scott Smith, where I need to be verified, but I'm not as of yet. You can get at me on Facebook at Real J. Scott Smith. Original. That's right, damn it. I'm on Facebook at Real J. Scott Smith. And I want to thank each and every single one of you who is listening to this show on a multitude of platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can get me damn near anywhere, and there's more coming. Plus, plus, very, very soon, the website will be back, and it will be up and moving, and that will give you a nice one-stop shop on where to go 
for JSC Radio. And as you heard in the promo beforehand, be sure to hit up patreon.com slash JSC Radio so you can become a patron of the show and help show your support like Sri Davy did. So, as we come to you from the JSC Radio studios right here in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where it's felt a hell of a lot more like early June than it has early April. It feels more like the NBA Finals should be getting ready to start as opposed to the NBA Playoffs. The other day it was 84 degrees here in Philadelphia. It was hot. You want to know what else has been hot this whole season in the NBA? The MVP race. And that's what we're talking about. You heard the open to the show. We're talking about Russell Westbrook. We're talking about the NBA MVP race and why I have officially thrown my hat in on Russell Westbrook of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, of course, you recall almost a year ago, I did a show talking about when Kevin Durant bounced off to Oakland to go join the Golden State Warriors after spending the entirety of his career with the team formerly known as the Seattle Supersonics. And the guy who was left behind in the wake of Durant jumping ship, which some people just won't get over, get over it, He left, and he had every right to do it, and I'm happy he did. But the guy left behind in the wake of all this was Russell Westbrook, the angriest man on the planet, the angriest NBA player I've seen in years. I mean, just irrationally angry. Like, Michael Jordan was angry, but he he didn't really show his anger as much on the floor. His wrath was normally during practice. Yes, we're talking about practice, A.I., It was during practice, just ask Steve Kerr or Bill Cartwright or any multitude of teammates he had. It was in the front office, ask any multitude of people down in D.C. about the wrath of Jordan. But Russell Westbrook is one of the angriest cats you'll ever physically see on an NBA floor. And I love that part of his game. He's mad. Now, the thing is, most of his career, he's also been a bit reckless. And he's always had Durant there. Durant was always the, I guess, the calming influence, the force on him. So when he left to go join the Golden State Warriors, that left Russ with his own team, a bunch of guys, a bunch of dudes, basically, like Victor Oladipo and Kyle Singler and and Ennis Cantor and and some dude named, named Simye, Simyaj. It's James spelled backwards. That's all the hell I know. That's who he's left behind with. This year, you just lost one of the five best players in the NBA. Mind you, Russell's one of the 10 best players in the NBA, but you just lost one of the five best players in the NBA, and you didn't really replace him with shit. You just had Russ and Ennis Cantor and Victor Oladipo and a bunch of other dudes. And Andre Robertson is suddenly going to jump in there and, and, and fill up the slate for uh, Kevin Durant. No, he's not. So when I look at the Thunder coming into this year, I figured it would take a Herculean effort, even if, as great as Russ is. Because here's the thing about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has always been a great player. I just never considered him a leader on that team because he was too irrational. He was wild. And he would have stretches where he would go hero ball out there, almost like he was trying to prove a point. I mean, you think of the gifts and the and the memes of 
of Angry Luigi in Mario Kart 8 that you see all over the internet. That's Russell Westbrook in a nutshell. And that anger and rage could lead to some amazing dunks and some great passes and some big-time shots, but it would also lead to a whole lot of mistakes and screw-ups. And they lost a few games that they didn't need to lose while Durant was there because Russ either had an off night or you were able to get into Russ's head. Well, I used to be one of those guys who was a skeptic of Russell Westbrook. And I thought he was always going to be that crazy Luigi to Kevin Durant's angry Mario. A damn good player who was just too reckless to be a leader. As the notorious B.I.G. and Eminem said, I was wrong. Dead wrong. Russ has channeled that anger and that rage into something absolutely legendary this year. You heard the open. This man has done something that has not been done in the NBA in 50 years. He averaged, he's averaged a triple-double for the season. He's averaging 31 points, 32 points, actually. I'll round it up. I round things up around here. He's averaging 32 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists per game. 31, 11, 10. Yes, 10, 10, 10 for all my Ty Dillinger people out there. 31, 11, 10. The 11 rebounds, career high. The 31 points per game, career high. The 10.4 assists actually matches the career high he set last year. Russell Westbrook, has he, he's, he's gone out of his mind this year. Averaging a triple-double for the season in, in, in the NBA is the basketball equivalent of Ted Williams hitting 406 in Major League Baseball. And he's doing it in a league where guys are known to have off nights and, and bad stretches where they just don't care. And when superstars rest more than a Snorlax. This is insanity. The Thunder, in no uncertain terms, have no business, zero business, being within earshot of the postseason. Yet here's Russ. Angrily, rabidly, doggedly dragging this lottery team full of misfits right into the postseason. And not just dragging this team into the postseason where they barely get in as an eighth seed. They've been in comfortably for a minute. They're going in as the six. They're not going in as the as the eighth seed, just, just happy to be there and being led like a lamb to slaughter in Oakland by the Warriors. They're the number six seed. They're going to be playing the Houston Rockets. I'll get to them in a second. 42 is another number. It's not just Jackie Robinson's number. It's the number of triple doubles that Russell Westbrook has put up this season. 42. Let me stress that again. 42. Some of the all-time greats in this league don't have 42 for their career. Guys like Jason Kidd and Grant Hill did not rack up 42 career triple-doubles. Russ went out there and got 42 this year. And this team needed damn near every one of them. And mind you, I'm going to go back to my original point. This Oklahoma City Thunder team 
is garbage without Russ. He had a number of nights where he had incredible numbers. There are three or four different occasions I could recall he had one of those triple doubles with 40-plus points, and that team still lost. He put that team on his back, and he's done everything he could, and they, they, they lost a lot of games. 42 triple doubles. And this brings us to the MVP conversation. Just like last year, where people were trying to find some creative way to not give Steph Curry, who was having a Super Saiyan-like season, the MVP. They were trying to make up any excuse in the world to not give it to him. Instead, to give it to James Harden. James Harden finds himself in the same position again this year. Last year, it was Goku. This year, it's Vegeta. Because that's what Russell Westbrook has been. And the argument for giving Harden the MVP over Russ, who's averaged a triple-double, is that the Rockets have a better record, and they've won more games, and Harden has upped his game. And he has. James Harden has shown me something this year, too. Now, he still ain't the greatest defender in the world, but then, to be fair, neither is Russ. But he has become this great facilitator, and if it weren't for Russell Westbrook going insane... I'd easily say Harden's the MVP. But when you bring up this Humpty Bumpty about the Houston Rockets having a better record and therefore that makes Russ the MVP, well, if that's the case, then Kawhi Leonard should be MVP because the Spurs have a better record than both teams. I'm just saying, if you're going to use strictly that logic, then Kawhi Leonard is your MVP. But it's more than just one loss. Or better yet, it's not simply one loss. I would argue that the Houston Rockets are a playoff team with or without James Harden. Now, are they the three seed out West? No. They're probably a seven or an eight or six without James Harden. I can make that case. The Oklahoma City Thunder without Russell Westbrook. This is a team that came into the year sans Kevin Durant. If you took Russell Westbrook off the Oklahoma City Thunder, that team is the Brooklyn Nets. They're the Brooklyn Nets, they're the Philadelphia 76ers, they're the New York Knicks, they're they're the Lakers, they're the Kings. That's who they are without Russell Westbrook. He literally took a not only a lottery team, I'm talking about it, maybe a top five draft pick bad type of team and got them to the sixth hole out west. The sixth hole hole out west that's insane so yeah yeah Rockets are going to win in 54 55 games highly impressive Russ is the MVP LeBron is a super freak because of course there's always going to be those guys sitting out there saying isn't LeBron the MVP every year not this year don't get me wrong LeBron is LeBron LeBron is always going to be LeBron I came to that realization the night in 2007 when the Pistons decided that they just weren't going to guard him anymore and he went incredible Hulk and destroyed what should have been the second Pistons Spurs NBA Finals and in most years yeah he would be in the discussion for MVP not this time LeBron is a super freak Kawhi Leonard is a total package and James Harden has had a monster year but he's going to be a bearded bridesmaid again because the Brody is MVP And this really shouldn't even be up for discussion. To have Kevin Durant leave, to go 
to the Warriors. And mind you, the Warriors came down and spanked them four times. Spanked them twice in Oakland and spanked them twice in Oklahoma City. And one of those games, or two of those games, they did it without Durant playing. But Russ was not the problem there. Nobody was really going to beat Golden State too often this year anyway. But you ain't going to sit here and tell me that a guy averaging a triple-double, something that ain't been done in 50 years, 50, you can't sit here and tell me that a dude who averages a triple-double is not the MVP. It's not happening. That's that's like that silliness a few years ago with people trying to make the excuse that Miguel Cabrera didn't deserve to be MVP despite getting the goddamn triple crown. Russell Westbrook's your MVP. You want you want a reason why Russell Westbrook's the MVP? Let's go back a few days to last Sunday afternoon in Denver, shall we? The Denver Nuggets, featuring former Spartan Gary Harris. What up, though? The Denver Nuggets needed a win to keep their feeble playoff hopes alive to keep that hope alive that they could get into the playoffs so they could be the team to get a Smith & Wesson shoved in between their teeth by the Golden State Warriors, who were already waiting on them just in case they got there because they got a touch too mouthy with them a couple of months ago. The Nuggets needed this win in every way, shape, and form. Oklahoma City has been locked into the playoffs for about two weeks. They know they're in. They know they're pretty much number six. Russ has already gotten the triple-double record. And just like so many other days and nights this year, the Thunder found themselves in a double-digit hole despite everything that Russ could do to facilitate and get rebounds and set his other teammates up and put them in at least a decent position to get something. Midway through the third quarter, he picked up that record-setting 40-second triple-double. And by the way, this dude had more triple-doubles than the Pistons had wins this year. Got 42 triple-doubles. The Pistons will finish with, what, 37, 38 wins? That's absurd. But he picked up the record-breaking 40-second triple-double halfway through the third quarter. And then he, just like Goku goes Super Saiyan, Vegeta went Super Saiyan the rest of the way. And in a game that Denver had to win. Oklahoma City did not need this. In a game that Denver had to win at home, to keep what little playoff hopes they had alive. They allowed Russell Westbrook to go nuts. Scored 18 of the final 21 Oklahoma City points, and they find themselves up just two with two seconds left. Oklahoma City inbounding, and of all things, you let this guy get his hands on the ball. Butter is out of timeouts. Adams gives it back to Russ. Deep shot. What a perfect ending to a historic day. Westbrook gives the Thunder the victory at the buzzer. I'm speechless. And I know I should be saying something right now, folks, but I'm like you are back in Oklahoma City. I am speechless right now. What else can he do? 2.9 seconds on the clock. Ball in hand, well beyond the three-point line. From 40 feet away, Westbrook drains his fifth triple that leaves him with 50 points, and the Thunder with a dramatic come-from-behind victory. All I can say is, why not? 42 triple doubles on the season and he ends the ball game like that yes damn it you heard him correctly 
Fitty. That triple, a walk-off winner for Russell Westbrook, capped off his 42nd triple-double. Gave him yet another 50-point game. Fitty. And the cherry on top of the damn Sunday, it finished off Denver's season. You cannot sit here and tell me with a straight face that Russell Westbrook is not the NBA MVP. You cannot. Any other year, it's Harden or Kawhi Leonard. Not now. It would take a superhuman Herculean effort for this to happen. I mean, for God's sakes, you know how important and how big this is when Russell Westbrook, a notorious red ass, notoriously profane during post-game interviews, always angry, always irritable, sounds like this after a game. Russell, night after night, you leave us speechless, crowds in awe, you bring so much energy and passion, and today your team gets to win again. How do you do it? Uh, just blessed, man. I'm so thankful to play the, play the game I love every night for this afternoon. Uh, <laughs> give special thanks to the man above, man. He blessed me with ties to come out and compete, so. 42 triple-doubles. You now hold the NBA record for most triple-doubles in a season. What is it like to be a part of history? It's amazing. It's nothing I never could dream about as a kid, man. I'm just very thankful and, you know, blessed to be able to go out and compete the high level and the highest level and you know just thank you for my teammates my coaching staff my fans my family um and you know, just thank god for it for my blessings every each and every day russell so many people thought this wasn't possible to average a triple double to break the big o's record was there a point in this season where you knew it was possible uh, my motto is why not and i always stick by it regardless of what people say what is possible what's not possible i continue to think why not i continue to strive to be the best i can be we appreciate it. What a game. Appreciate it. So, yes, I get it. Russell Westbrook's a little bit of an oddball. He can be a prick. He can be a douchebag at times. He's angry. He's wild. He's out of control. He's like the he, he's like the heel version of Dean Ambrose on the floor. I get all that. And, yes, the dude dresses like he lost a bet. I understand these things. But once you get him out of the beanie hat with the propeller and the super tight polka dot t-shirts and the ultra tight stonewashed 1980s jeans and the red, white, and blue Chuck Taylors and you put him in an Oklahoma City uniform, the SOB looks like a superhero. He's your MVP. Don't at me. Don't waste my time. You can get in the comments on Instagram and you can get in the comments on iTunes, or on Stitcher, by the way. Be sure to leave a five-star review and show your love. You can at me on Twitter, at JScottSmith, verified, original. The one thing you're not going to do is try to sit here and convince me that anyone other than Russell Westbrook Jr. is the goddamn NBA MVP. Tonight's the last night. Well, yeah, as we're taping this, we're heading into the last night of the NBA season. Pistons are long since done. And a little quick note on them in a second. But the Pistons are long since done. So all I really care about seeing is somehow, some way, figuring out how we're going to get Golden State versus Cleveland 3. The rubber match. And along the way, we've got to finagle somehow to get San Antonio and Golden State to finally go head-to-head. 
Oklahoma City and Houston is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It really is. Because there's going to be all kinds of scoring. There ain't going to be a ton of defense. And Russ is going to have one of those absurd, insane games. And they still may lose by 15. We had a game this year where the Phoenix Suns had a, had a dude score 70 and they lost by 10. 10, 10, 10. You, you heard me. It, it's, it's been that kind of a year in the NBA. And the playoffs are about to be ignorant. I know this. The only thing left up for, for discussion or who the bottom two teams in the East are. It ain't going to be Detroit. I know that. But whoever the last two teams in the East are are going to be determined. And then that's it. Cleveland, Boston, those are your top two teams in the East. And they're likely headed for a collision course in the conference finals. And am I going to believe that Boston beats them four times in seven games? I'd have to see it for myself. I'm convinced the only teams that could beat Cleveland in a seven-game series are out West. And there's only two of them. One is in Oakland, and one is in deep, deep, deep in the heart of Texas, and I'm not talking about the Rockets. But we'll see going forward. This is going to be weird for me. This is going to be a weird spring-slash-summer. This is the first summer-slash-spring-slash-whatever you want to call this oddball season because of climate change. I can't tell whether whether it's friggin' winter or whether it's, it's, it's goddamn 4th of July. This is going to be the first spring-slash-summer without... One postseason series being played in Detroit since 1983. Pistons have missed the playoffs yet again. But the caveat is, so did the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings hadn't missed the playoffs since 1990 when Chubb Rock jumped up on the scene. They had not missed the playoffs in a quarter century. This is the first time in a lot of people's lives. This is the first time in a millennial's life, basically, a real millennial. Technically, I'm a millennial, but well, that's another discussion. But this is the first time in these 90s babies' lives that the Detroit Red Wings are not in the playoffs. It happened so often that basically when the playoff brackets were even thought up, there was it was never an issue of whether Detroit was there. It's just, where do we put them? No Red Wings in the playoffs for the first time in 27 years. Pistons have intermittently had stretches where they didn't make the playoffs, but the Red Wings were always there. The Tigers had a long stretch of just being garbage. The Red Wings were always there. The Lions, huh, leaving them alone until at least July. The Red Wings were always there. And now they're not. It was kind of weird seeing them close out Joe Louis Arena the other night. It was weird seeing the Pistons close out the Palace the other night. I would have figured if any franchise was going to close out their building. If any franchise was going to shut down their old building in a playoff game, it would be the Detroit Red Wings. But the year they left Joe Louis Arena is the first year in two decades that they haven't had a winner. It's it's crazy. It's the worst Red Wing team in a quarter century. And both the Wings and Pistons are now heading down to that new arena on Woodward, the Little Caesars Arena, right on Woodward Avenue. Near, near Cass Technical High School. Heading down toward downtown Detroit. And it's going to be weird. First, This is the first spring slash summer since 1983 when neither the Pistons nor the Red Wings made the playoffs. That's nuts, dude. I want to thank y'all for bearing with me over this last month. A little change in my day job schedule, schedule has made doing this podcast a little bit tougher. But I'm going to keep pushing. 
because that's what you do. I'm from Detroit, man. We don't we don't quit that easily. Hell, I'm from Detroit and I live in Philadelphia, for God's sake. If there ain't two tougher, take no shit, no give up cities in this country, I'd like to see them than Detroit and Philadelphia. I think of the NBA playoffs, it was 2003. It was 2003, Pistons beat the 76ers playoff series. I, I it's, it's been tough. Can't lie. I'm still going to try to keep with getting this show out at least every 10 to 14 days. It's tough having to balance the work gig plus this, but we keep moving. And JSC Radio ain't going nowhere. JSC Radio's just getting started, baby. I sound like I'm from New Orleans. Good good grief. But it's just getting started, y'all. It is. 37 episodes in. This is season two. You think this is going to cut off now? Are you kidding me? So I appreciate all of you for bearing with me and keeping me keeping me on your radar, keeping me on your cell phones, on your iPhones, on your Androids, on your iPads, on your tablets, on your computers. Wherever you happen to listen to this show, please understand I am grateful to each and every one of you. And I appreciate each and every one of you supporting my black ass on this podcast. I do. This is a labor of love for me. I ain't made much money off this thing yet, but I'm getting there. And I got some I got some things in the in the works for JSC radio and the website. And maybe even fully reviving the blog. You know, I got all kinds of things, man. I'm thinking of I I will I'll, I'll kind of drop this out there. I might even think of doing a YouTube channel. You heard me. You get to see this face on YouTube. <laughs> oh, but that's still in the planning stages. Before I head out of here though, this is just one long run-on episode, ladies and gentlemen. Before I get out of here, as I record this, got wind of uh, Charlie Murphy passing away. Charlie Murphy, the brother of Eddie Murphy. We all know Charlie Murphy from the Dave Chappelle skits, from Chappelle's show, the Rick James skits, are legendary. First time I saw Charlie Murphy was in CB4, which is underrated in how funny it is gusto the gangster that chris rock jacked his whole life story and turned himself into a rapper i used to jokingly call rick ross mc gusto because you know that's what ross did by the way he snatched the gangster's name co-opted his life and created this this rap persona like he's a pro wrestler it's cool to do that by the way just be real about it when you do it But Charlie Murphy passed away after a battle with leukemia. Now, I saw him last year, and when I had seen him, I knew something was up because he looked rail thin, and he was being very tight-lipped and trying to act like everything was cool. When I see a brother who looks like that, the only two things that come to mind are drugs or cancer. And I'm not being flipped when I say that. Drug abuse has run rampant in my family, and that's usually one of the telltale signs. Plus, my mother's a cancer survivor. So... That's the first place my head went. We found out it was leukemia. Passed away Wednesday morning, age of 57. I'm surprised. It's hard, hard to believe he was that old. He didn't start to look that age until the last couple of years when he'd been sick. I didn't even think about it. He was 57 years old. But if he's he's out there literally kicking it with Rick James in the early 80s, I guess that would make sense. So RIP to Charlie Murphy. Your true Hollywood stories changed a hell of a lot of lives more than you realized, homie. My brother, you know, he's a... He's a lot more compassionate than I am. 
He's looking at Lemos driving off. He said, wow, man, Rick really needs help. I was like, yo, we just gave him some help. Bust his fucking ass. I bet you he won't come over here and disrespect like that again. Wrong. Wrong. Talking about Rick James, man. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. And all the love goes out to Eddie Murphy and his entire family as they lost a really good brother. My name is J. Scott Smith. I'm telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pet spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. I'll be back at your ass within the next 10 to 14 days with episode 38. I am the habitual line stepper. And I'm out of here. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.